And making a whip of cords, Jesus drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away from here. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesus takes time to actually make a whip. That's a detail that, for whatever reason, jumped out at me from this well-known scene of Jesus driving the money changers from the temple in Jerusalem. Jumped out at me this time. There's lots of artistic renderings of the story, but I've never seen one of Jesus just sitting there weaving together the cords in some corner. That's some serious premeditation. Like Jesus saying, if I'm going to raise a ruckus here, I'm going to do it right. And you can't do a ruckus right without a good whip. (laughs) Uh, The other day, my wife saw some guy in a parking lot lose it, fly off the handle, and attempt to throw a sign through another car's window. Now maybe the whip thing, too, is a way of saying Jesus' anger is not the lose it, fly off the handle kind of anger. He took his time. A deliberate anger. A purposeful anger. Rage. But there is no mistaking, rage it is. Strange as it is to say, Jesus is really ticked off. Flipping over tables, driving out the money changers. You might know the backstory to, to the setting, how Jews would come from all over the world, especially at a time like Passover, to offer sacrifices at the temple. And how the animals sacrificed couldn't be just any animals, but had to be animals that were specially raised for the temple sacrifices, and so extra pricey. (laughs) And not only that, but there had developed this system that you couldn't use just any money to buy the special extra pricey animals. You had to use special temple money. As you might imagine, the temple money came at exorbitant exchange rates with all sorts of uh, small print special fees and taxes, more than you find on your cell phone bill. A big racket. Buying, selling, bargaining, haggling. Everyone trying to take advantage of the other to get the best deal. Which is what sets Jesus off to make that whip and raise his ruckus. Take those things away from here. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. Take them away from here. It might be that from here, that's most significant of all. It's like Jesus saying, you're bargaining, you're haggling, you're selling, you're buying, fine, whatever. Do that where you have to, but here, not here too. Don't pollute this place, too, with the garbage that goes on everywhere else. Maybe you've had the kind of experience like I've had where you've been invited to an event that you thought was one thing, only to show up, get into it, and realize it's another kind of thing. Perhaps what you thought was, you're at what you thought was a Christmas party, only to find out that as soon as you or only as soon as you grab your cookies and sit down to chat 
your host stands up, announces she's running for office, and launches into a 20-minute stump speech, after which she asks for a donation to her campaign. (laughs) And you think, here too? At a Christmas party? Can a guy get five minutes to enjoy an eggnog and some small talk without more politics? Here too? You're invited for wine and cheese at a friend's, but then three sips into your Chardonnay, and the friend turns salesperson, announces her new business venture, and starts passing out makeup or Tupperware catalogs or something. And you say to yourself again, do we have to do that here? It's bad enough that I'm bombarded with people trying to sell me this and that everywhere else. But here, too, can we just relax and be friends instead of consumers? Now, on such an occasion, you may not have made a whip, flipped over couches and stormed out, but Jesus, Jesus does just that. And he does that, says, not here too. Because Jesus knows that outside that temple, outside his father's house, the whole world, then and now, it's way too often one big, dismal, draining, depressing house of trade. I don't mean just strictly the, the economic kind of thing, where you trade $7 for, for Netflix for a month or two fifty for a gallon of milk, although that kind of trading that we have to do can be draining in its own way. No, no, think a little more abstractly about this house of trade business and how in a very real but a very sad way your whole world might be described as a house of trade. So you trade good grades for a good college, which you trade for a good job, which you trade for the world telling you you matter. (laughs) Or you trade some pretty poses or woke posts online for the dopamine hits and the thumbs up that tell you that you are liked and valuable. A feeling which lasts for about 10 seconds, after after which you need to trade more for the same. Or think even in terms of your personal relationships. This is where the house of trade stuff is the worst. How many of those take place in what me might be described as a house of trade? How many of the people you call friend are still going to be there when you no longer have anything to offer in trade? How sure are you? It's sad to say, but it's probably the truth that many of our actual houses operate as houses of trade. You may have grown up in a house of trade, maybe still be in one, where you had to trade your good behavior or hard works or proper manners or athletic prowess for for parents' affection and pride. Think of your present relationships with your spouse or your children or with your parents. Are they pay to play? (laughs) Inside of them, do you trade for, quote, forgiveness, for the right to never forget? I'll forgive you, but in return, you have to let me hold it over your head forever. Are you involved in constant transactions? Maybe if I do this, she'll finally do that. Or maybe if I stop doing that, he'll finally stop doing this. 
You see what I mean by this house of trade business? This is no fun. It's not what we're meant for as human beings. In fact, if you think of whatever it is in your life right now that is most straining you, most emotionally taxing, or where you're draining or taxing someone else, there's a really good chance it has something to do with living in this world, which in many and various ways is one big house of trade. Jesus said, take these things away from here and do not make my father's house a house of trade. I was listening to another pastor the other day talk about something one of his parishioners said a while back during a a testimony before the congregation. It was part of a a thing they do uh, every year during a, a stewardship drive People basically get up and just say why they, why they like the church. Uh, the, the one pastor, the one this pastor remembered from several years ago was a woman who, who got up and said, I don't feel like I'm competing for anything when I come here. When I walk through the church doors, I can literally feel my blood pressure go down. That's a description of what it feels like to walk out of a house of trade where it's all high-pressure competition and into your father's house. There's no competing. There's no trading for this or that in order to secure for yourself a place higher up in some hierarchy. When you come into your father's house, you don't bring anything at all to trade because in your father's house, there's no trading. There's only giving. You know, after Jesus raised his ruckus in the temple, uh, some people said, uh, hold on. Give us a sign. Uh, That is some justification for why you're doing all this crazy stuff in our nice temple. And Jesus says, how's this for a sign? Destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll raise it up. Which just confused them more, because they've been building this temple for like 40 years. But of course, Jesus was not talking about that temple. When he said, destroy this temple, he meant the temple of his body. Which would be destroyed on the cross. And three days later would be raised up. But get this, it would not be raised up as a temple, as another house of trade. It would not be raised up as a place where you have to bring X to get Y, but Jesus is raised him whole self as a great house. Jesus raised as a house of grace and mercy and forgiveness and welcome to those who have nothing at all to give in return. In the house of the trade world, we destroy Jesus on the cross, and he's going to be raised up, and you'd expect there'd be hell to pay. Let's see, you reject me, I reject you. That's a solid, fair exchange in a house of trade. But that's not Jesus. The world, you and me, rejects Jesus all the way to the cross, and the first thing he has to say when he comes back is not to hell with you. 
How's that for a trade? But he says, peace be with you. No trading here. All is forgiven. For Jesus came to tear down all the houses of trade and replace them with houses and people filled with his Father's love. To replace them with places by God's grace like this one. Now we could spend lots of time talking about how churches themselves, and this one is not immune, how churches can devolve into houses of trade. Where you have to trade some kind of piety or, or lingo or politics or perfected doctrine to be welcomed. But let's not do that now. Now this is just your father's house. Today this is a refuge from all the houses of trade in which you labor. I don't know if your blood pressure drops, but I pray it doesn't go up when you come here because here there's no competing. Here you don't bring anything in trade. You don't bring your strong faith. You don't need to offer a promise to improve. You just bring your own dumb self, battered by all the bartering, exhausted by all the haggling, pooped by all the performing. And just sit back. Relax in your father's house. Know his love. Hear his promise. Relax in your father's arms and receive. In just a minute, I'm going to bring you something very precious. It's more valuable than anything in all the world. Hidden under bread and wine, I am going to bring you the very body and blood of Jesus. The temple, which was destroyed and raised up three days later. And, and when I come to, with something so precious, I could say to you, well, what's it worth to you? This is very valuable. What are you going to trade me for this? Maybe multiple hours of Bible reading? Or, or how about at least a promise not to do the same stupid stuff next week that you did last week? What do you got? What are you going to trade? But I won't say that. I won't say that because that's not what Jesus tells me to say. Because this is not a house of trade. Because this is your father's house. I will just say take and drink. All is forgiven. It's all yours for free. You'll always have a place at your father's table in your father's house. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.